This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, and especially are we delighted to have some watching today, no doubt for the very first time. We want to thank you for tuning in to watch Getting to Know Your Bible. Of course, we appreciate those who watch every time we come on the air. I've had people tell me, Brother Lambert, I watch you every time. I watch you twice a day, the days that you come on the air, getting to know your Bible. We appreciate those who have such a hunger and thirst for the Word of God. We appreciate your encouragement. Now today, on our telecast, we're going to be discussing this subject, man's changeless needs. What are man's changeless needs? I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today we offer a free Bible correspondence course and I would like for you to be assured that this course is free. We want you to have the opportunity to get the course, study the course, and then you mail it back to us for grading and then we will send you a certificate of completion. We have many other courses beyond the first one that you might receive that you can take to improve your knowledge of the Word of God. Now, with what we would like to do right now, so that you can learn more about the Bible course, and so you can learn how to receive the course, let's take a brief pause. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5211. I want to read now in the 6th chapter of Matthew, beginning in verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth, that you have need of all these things. Well, what does a person need in order to survive? Try, try to uh, picture, if you can, an individual on a ship. And there's a terrible storm that comes up, and there's a shipwreck. And the man is able to climb onto some floating bits of debris. All he has are the clothes on his back. But eventually, he's able to float to an island. There are enough things on that island for him to survive. He has a very simple life. Just enough to eat, and he's able to make a shelter where he can sleep at night. 
But you see, in spite of the disaster, he lives on. Try to imagine that there is a, uh, a nuclear uh, blast in our nation. Heaven forbid that something like that should ever happen. Multiplied thousands of people that are killed. Everything that we have is gone. But in spite of that, we still survive. You see, for man to survive... He doesn't need nearly as much as we normally think so. Because our needs are few and simple. Job put it like this in the first chapter of Job. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul said, Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Paul was in prison when he wrote the Philippian letter. And in the 11th verse of Philippians chapter 4, he said, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. And then in verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Yes, men's needs are few and simple. And we need but very little here. And we need that little but for a short period of time. Now we're talking about needs. Sometimes our wants exceed our needs. I read about a preacher who would preach against an individual owning two automobiles. He thought it was sinful for an individual to own two automobiles. Well, eventually he acquired two automobiles. So then he began to preach that it was sinful for an individual to own three automobiles. You know, sometimes our wants exceed our needs... And man's basic needs right now are the same from the time of Adam to the present hour. We just need something to eat, something to drink, clothing on our back, and a place to lay our heads. Man has certain physical needs. And God Almighty anticipated man's needs. And God has provided for the necessities of life. As we read earlier in the sixth chapter of Matthew, God knows what we need. God has given us a set of lungs. And He has given us the air. And it is with those lungs that we are able to breathe that air. God has given us a body, a wonderful body. The psalmist said that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And that body hungers for food. And on this earth, God provides food for us to eat. 
God has given us water to drink to quench our thirst. God has given us eyes to see the beauty of nature. Yes, man has certain physical needs. You know, man has accomplished some, some wonderful things, some great things. If they think about all of the changes that have taken place in the, in the area of transportation. No doubt some of you that are watching now can go back to the time of your childhood when maybe the automobile that your parents own may have not done more than 30 or 40 miles an hour. And maybe you only had one automobile for all of your growing up years. And many times in your childhood, you would walk where you needed to go. But you see, times have changed. And we have such marvelous means of transportation today. While one can go and get on an airplane, and in just a few hours you can be on the other side of the world. God has given man the ability to accomplish these things. Think about in the field of communication. You can pick up your telephone and you can dial direct to almost any place in the world through the use of the computer and other uh, uh, technological breakthroughs. We have so much going for us today. Think about all of the medical breakthroughs that have come through. You see, man has been given the ability to accomplish these things. And all of these things are built upon what God has given to man. Man uses the abilities that he has, and also he complies with the laws of nature that God has established. And then man is able to accomplish all of these things. God supplies man's physical necessities. In the very beginning, when God created the earth, He created it in order that man would be able to survive on this earth. David was an elderly man when he wrote Psalms 37, 25. And he said, I have been young, but now I am old. But, but I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God takes care of it. James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God has given us so many wonderful things. And how thankful we ought to be. Every day, we ought to bow our heads in prayer and thank God Almighty for the blessings that He has showered upon us. Jesus said, Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. That's one of man's changeless needs. Another of man's changeless needs is his need of redemption. And man needs to be redeemed because he is lost. And he is lost because he is a sinner. And he is a sinner because he has violated or broken 
the law of God. We're told in the third chapter of Romans, in verse 10, that there's none that doeth good, no, not one. In verse 23, we read, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. To sin means you've missed the mark. And the world is missing the mark. And when we persist in missing the mark, when we persist in violating the law of God, when we persist in leaving out the law of God in our lives, it can lead to a very disastrous end. In Ephesians, the second chapter and verse 12, Paul said that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and being without God in the world. Would you not agree that, that a person who is without Christ, who is without hope and without God, is in need of redemption. God sent His Son to redeem man. John 3.16, the golden text of the Bible, a text that is known by most every individual, even those who might be unbelievers. For God so loved the world that, that He gave His only begotten Son, that, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, in, re in regard to Jesus we read, Thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. In John the fourth chapter, Jesus encountered a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Oh, she had some physical needs, and one of those was the need for water. And her physical need had crowded out the realization of a spiritual need, and that was living water. And that spiritual need was unseen, and that spiritual need was being overlooked in her life. Christ was tired and he was hungry. But her needs were greater than his. You see, she was unblessed. She was unbelieving, unsaved. And yet the water of life was abundantly available to her. I'm speaking to an audience now to whom the water of life is abundantly available. Jesus said, if you will, told her, if you will drink of the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. One of the greatest needs of mankind today, if not the greatest, is the need of redemption from sin. Of course, once we're redeemed, there's a need to remain faithful to Christ. But first and foremost, that need is to be redeemed from our sins. person says, well, Brother Lambert, I'm so busy now making a living, providing for my family, trying to get ahead in life, 
I have to work, and when I'm not working, I try to take off on, on the weekends when a lot of people might go to church, but I rest. Or I go out to the golf links, and I, I play a few rounds of golf, or I get in my boat, and I get out and try to relax. If an individual should gain all there is in the world, and if they were to lose their soul, they would have made a bad bargain indeed. We, we are in America so preoccupied with our physical man, pampering our bodies, neglecting our souls, feeding trash into our minds, by way of things that we see on television and many other places, and we're neglecting to filter in our minds and in our hearts the pure Word of God. Suppose you were to gain all there is in the world. Suppose you were to be the, the most well-known CEO in all of the world. Suppose you had one of the most beautiful homes that has ever been built. You had all of the money in the world that you could ever hope to have. And then you lost your soul. Jesus asked this question, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There are a lot of problems in our world today, yes indeed. And I think that most of you that are watching this right now would agree with that. There, there are problems in our nation, there are problems throughout the world. And there are other nations of the world in which getting to know your Bible is aired. And you would agree that there are problems in your nation as well. But the problems that confront the world are spiritual problems. They're problems of the heart. And friends, I want you to know that Jesus would heal your broken heart. And Jesus would forgive your sin. Je Jesus died that your sin might be forgiven. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. Oh, we understand the word remission when we think about an individual being sick, perhaps with cancer, and they are allowed to take certain treatments and then one day the doctor calls him into his office and he says, I have some good news for you. You're now in remission. The treatments have been successful. And Jesus Christ is in the remission business. He is in the business of remitting our sins. Removing the sin of the soul. Jesus said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many, for the whole world. And the purpose for which Jesus 
shed his blood was the remission of sins. So brother, somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, how to receive the remission of our sins? Well, I called your attention to a passage found in Acts chapter 2. It was the day of Pentecost when Peter preached the first recorded gospel sermon under the Worldwide Commission. And the people asked him that day as he preached to them about Jesus, men and brethren, what shall we do? They now were believers. They believed now they had crucified the Son of God. And this is the answer Peter gave to them in answer, in, in answer to the question, what shall we do? And it's found in your Bible in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. What is it that re gives me remission of sins? It's the blood of Christ. But that blood remits my sins when I, as a penitent believer, have been baptized for the remission of those sins. You see, the greatest need that you have, the greatest need of this whole world, it is the need of redemption. Oh, it's true we have physical needs, and God supplies those physical needs. God expects us to work. Unfortunately, there are many people who do not want to work that their physical needs might be met. They want others to work, and they want those needs to be met without working. But in Ephesians 4.28, Paul said, Let him that stole steal no more. But, but rather let him labor with his hands that which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. We're to work with our hands and to be honorable. And God supplies those needs. But the greatest need you have right now is spiritual in nature. And that is the redemption of your sins. And so have you had your sins remitted? But a third of man's changeless needs is his need for guidance. Man has always needed guidance. And Christ is our guide. You know in the Psalms 23, the psalmist began by saying, The, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Let, let me ask you, is the Lord the shepherd of your life? Is He the shepherd of your soul? You see, Jesus is the good shepherd. And we ought to follow the guidance and the leadership of the good shepherd. He's our guide. It's Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, in John 14, verse 6. In John chapter 10, and verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. But by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and shall find pasture. You see, Christ is our guide. It's Jesus that has revealed God to the world. It was Jesus who said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's Jesus who revealed the truth to the world. He is the one full of grace and truth. John chapter 1 verse 17. 
He's the one who said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He's the one who said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the one who said in John 17, 17, sanctify them with thy word, thy word is truth. Jesus has revealed truth to the world. And He leads those who are groping in the darkness. The psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And it was Jeremiah the prophet who said, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself, it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. But in the modern world, men have rejected the guidance of God. And in so doing, they have rejected light. And it's no wonder that the world is groping in darkness. Any time you turn from God, you turn from the light and you turn to the darkness. Our world is constantly changing. But man's needs do not change. And the world will be a much better place in which to live when they realize their need of a holy God and His blessed Son and they will obey their will. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he also said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, Matthew 7, 21. I want to ask you, don't you feel the need for Christ in your life today? Why don't you give your life to him by believing in him? But by being willing to repent of your every sin, confess your faith in Him, and be baptized into Him for the remission of your sins. We'll find some servant of God to assist you in doing just that. May God bless you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, let me urge you right now, without hesitation, to pick up the telephone and to call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Please do it right now. Be the best thing you've ever done. It will help you to, how to, to understand how the needs, the spiritual needs in your life can be met. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.